Hi guys, if you've listened in before, welcome back. And if you're brand new to the show, I am so happy you found us. I'm your host, Lacey. I am the creator behind the brand, business, and podcast, Ox and Plow, dedicated to inspire, encourage, and help you by sharing the lives and stories of women in the cannabis industry. Before we get started, I want to do something a little different. I want to know what you guys think, what you want to talk about, and who you'd like to have on our next episode. So email me at oxandplow at gmail.com. That's O-X-N-P-L-O-W at gmail.com. I'm so excited to hear what you guys think, what you want to talk about, and who you want to have on our next podcast. Okay, so today we have Lisa and Samantha, the creators of Tokiativity, a digital network designed to connect women from all over the globe who are either in or interested in the cannabis space. This episode, we get deep and raw into their stories and their lives and how they got started. I was touched with their openness and how dedicated they are to their community, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this one. So here we go. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hi there. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Samantha. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thank you so much for coming on today. We are so excited to have you. Excited Thank to you. be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it worked out. Um, our audience doesn't know. We've had some technical difficulties with recording in the past, but you guys are here now, and we're so excited again. Um, what I'd like to do is if both of you could just introduce yourselves um, and talk about what you do and your roles with Tokiativity. I know the audience is really curious to hear more about both of your stories and how Tokiativity came about. So I will just leave it to you. Sure. So first of all, it's Tokiativity. Um, it can be kind of confusing because it kind of, you know, there's a, there's looks like Toke activity, but it's actually the C is missing on purpose. It's sort of implied, but it's Tokiativity. Um, so creative. um thanks um so uh so my name is lisa snyder i'm the co-creator of tokativity it's a um worldwide cannabis community for women and i'm here with my business partner samantha montanero yes hi i'm samantha montanero and i'm also the co-creator of tokativity and uh, together lisa and i curate in-person and online events for women who are interested in cannabis. That's so awesome. Um, I know that you also have a membership too. Can we talk a little bit about that and, and what that entails if any of our listeners are interested in getting a membership with Tokativity? Sure. Um, so, well, first of all, the membership, we've got a couple of different membership tiers. The first tier is free. It's access to our um, forums, our messenger um jobs and basically like an online community for women who you know there's a lot of places that are legal and there's a lot of places that are not yet legal or sort of trying to make it legal so you know we're bridging the gap between the cannabis industry and the cannabis community by um you know providing access to women um you know globally so that that base access is free and will always be free um, and we have another membership tier for community members who want to get a little bit more involved. Um, that is currently more for women who are in states where we have um, events. So um, you get 50% off of your 
events, um, the online and in-person events. Um, so we've actually started doing online classes and um, having community membership gets you discounts to those. So it's like, basically it's like, if you wanna be more involved and you're doing more things, the community membership makes more sense for you. Yeah, and then we have a business membership and the business membership is so amazing because um, because we've developed our own social platform, we have advertising for cannabis businesses. Yeah, so, I definitely um, have my eye on that one for myself, cool. selfishly. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, it's really cool. Right now, actually, the first 50 business members that sign up get their own forum um, where they can, you know, say for you, you could start a poem, um, start a forum on podcasting and so talk cool. with other women who are in, you know, podcasting communities or maybe are interested in podcasting and, um, or even just like Oxen Plow, um, brand, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, so to so support cool. your brand. That's yeah, a great way too a... for new business owners who are new, just like Oxen Plow and the audience knows we're brand new as well. Um, that this seems like an incredible opportunity for them too, right? Because this gives us exposure and puts us in the community and um, helps us kind of gather all the other women that are in the same industry and um, have the same maybe skill set or have the same interests. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, in the world today, um, I think women are just really hungry for connecting with other women that are like them. I want to support businesses that are other amazing women entrepreneurs kicking ass because I know personally <laughs> how um, how much work that is and, and yeah. how intense it is and the things that I deal with and being able to connect with other women that are consuming cannabis and are um, active. That's what, you know, that's what Tokativity is about. Our intention is to nurture a safe space for women to connect, learn, and to create. And we aim to empower women from the root level. And that happens by connecting with other women that are maybe at a different stage of empowerment or of, of entrepreneurship or of just, um, you know, kind of where they're at individually that, you know, empowered women empower women. And Tokativity Connect is a really great way for empowered women who own businesses to get their name out there to women all over the world in our community. I think that's so great. And it's so interesting that you touch on women and being women just advocates for women in general. I think, you know, from my experience, and I, I haven't talked too much about this, um, but I, I will because I feel like it, it really resonates with me. What you're saying is that, you know, when I started Oxen Plow, I was working for a female-owned uh, cannabis company, and I had a lot of responsibility, and I was moving forward with um, partnering with her that person specifically in a collaboration with their business. And um, when I launched Oxen Plow, um, she fired me because she thought that it was going to be a conflict of interest for her business. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. So I think, you know, that really um, made me feel not just lonely in the process of starting my own business. um, And that's when I found Tokiativity because I was searching because like you said, women are so hungry to be around other women in their, in their industry or that have the same skill set as them. And I think that's what I was searching for so desperately. And because I felt so sad that I lost the partnership with my boss, my mentor, um, someone who inspired me, who I will, feel like has always inspired me because it really pushed me to start Oxenplow. Um, 
I think for me, like, it's just so important to have that support. And I'm, I'm sure you girls feel the same or you can tell me too, because I'd love to hear your input, but it's fucking lonely starting your own business and it's lonely starting it in this industry and it's so much work and especially when you're working your full-time job and starting your business and answering all the emails on time and connecting with other people that want to collaborate with you and it's hard right yes absolutely so many levels of hard (laughs) (laughs) so many levels it's so difficult and I think you know um something that's important to recognize is first of all I'm I'm really sorry that that happened to you with, you know, your mentor. And I I think, unfortunately, the patriarchy has a really firm grip on all of us. And, you know, um, women are, you know, subject to just being told that we're catty and competitive and backstabby. And I think that that only really happens you know, in, in the, a patriarchal sense, it, it's actually not, not how we are naturally. Um, naturally we're community builders and tribe builders and we're nurturers. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I can definitely say that, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is, has so many challenges and it, it absolutely has a lot of rewards, but, um, you know, there isn't anybody to, you know, to pick up the slack if you aren't able to show up for something. <laughs> so yeah. it's about really, you know, persevering and, and prioritizing and being really efficient and on top of your own things. And, um, you know, we need support. We all need support. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I would love to talk about each of you individually. Um, just your story, how the business got started and how it's grown from where it was the day you started it, mm-hmm. just every detail from where it's at now and where you see Tokyo TV going. Sure. Um, so I, this is Lisa. Um, I had been doing feminist events for over a decade and I've been working on the web since the mid nineties. My dad was a Emmy award-winning video engineer for CBS television for 20 years. So I always had production in my life and live events in my life and um the Michigan Women's Music Festival inspired me the most it was this place it went on it was it went on for 40 years but ended in 2015 it was started by some um some lesbian feminists that wanted to create a space for women and only women and I went there for 12 years and I saw how different women were when they were out of the energy of like the the patriarchy sort of barking down their backs and um I decided to have a benefit party to to ensure that women understood what this festival was and make sure that they got there um and it inspired me to create like recipes for other women in other cities who wanted to do a similar kind of party um I also started a feminist nonprofit in New York City that I'm no longer a part of and a meetup for bisexual and lesbian women. So I've always been a, a community builder, a bridge builder, and somebody that like organizes women and creates women's <laughs> space. And as a web designer, I've had a, a, this business for, since 2006, I, I worked for a, a woman-owned um, media company in Manhattan for two years and I felt like I'm not really meant to be working for others so I broke out and flash forward to 
2015, I felt really called to, to do something in Canada. I wasn't sure what it was, but I was hanging out with some friends and we were making vision boards um, to set intentions for the new year. We were smoking pot together and being active. And I was like, what if we just got women together and like we smoked pot and we were just fucking creative or whatever. It kind of started as like, you know, focused on art in my mind. So I grabbed the domain tokativity and the social media and everything. And, um, I kind of held on to it. And I wasn't sure what to do with it. And I went to a networking event where I met Samantha. Um, I overheard her talking about being an event planner. And um, I met her. I got her business card. I was really excited because not only was she an event planner, but she was also a, a venue owner. And that was one of the missing pieces in my mind of like, okay, how can I, I can't have a consumption friendly event unless I go somewhere that is comfortable with having consumption friendly events. So um, when I, when I, um, I had emailed her and she gave me some quotes and then it was an entire year that it wow. took me to write her back. Wow. Um, I got kind of scared. I think I just was like, not ready. I don't know. But like, I was just like, I need to focus on my wedding. And I was, I got married to my wife later that year. Um, but then I saw her at another event and I was like, ah. I need to email her. I am. I looked at her and I was like, "Oh my god, she's gonna remember I didn't write her." I was, but you didn't remember. I was no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we met, and I was like, "Hey, I, I wrote down all the ideas, and I felt like it's gonna be so awesome to collaborate with somebody who like already like is in this space." And when I told her, "I'm thinking about calling it Tokativity, What do you think?" And she was like, "Fuck yes! Like I'm totally into it." <laughs> Um, and yeah, so that's, that's like the beginning and there's more to it, but that's how like the, you know, the, the main, like the fire under our asses really started was like all of the work that we've done. And Samantha has a story to bring to the table too, is got us to this place where we met at this point in time, we were both really ready to do more with, with women and in the cannabis space. Yes. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So my little, my little pre-story is um, I come from a background of managing School of Rock, actually, the rock and roll school music for kids. That is and, so cool. Um, yeah, I was managing a couple of locations in the Chicago area and um, really realized that I loved planning events and I would love to own my own space to do whatever in and um, when I moved out to Oregon, I, I set that intention for sure. It was like, I want to get a space and start doing workshops and gatherings. And I found a space and right around the same time, cannabis was legalized here in Oregon. And so that was a really nice, um, easy decision for me to make. Well, I'm not just going to do, you know, art workshops or business workshops or whatever music I'm going to do cannabis and art and cannabis and business and cannabis and <laughs> music and all of the things. And so I started doing programming um, right away with the beginning of legalization here in Oregon in 2015. And um, I was, I've hosted, you know, puff pass and paint for two and a half years. I started a yoga class, a yoga and cannabis class. Puff pass and paint also has an Instagram, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, they're, guys, they're a company put, owned out of Denver. Awesome. 
uh, just so our listeners know, I will put that uh, link in the show notes so that they can follow you. Great. Yeah. um, So yeah, we've been, I've been hosting all kinds of things here. Um, One of my favorite things to do is to work with cannabis businesses to do team building, um, you know, employee trainings, that kind of stuff where they can have cannabis consumption at the space and um, educate their employees and connect on a different level and, and really, you know, bring communities together within companies and companies that work together. So that's what I've been doing here for the last um, three years. And when Lisa got in touch with me, you know, I have always hosted women's gatherings, mostly dinners or like little potlucks or little crafting events or things. But um, she came to me with the idea and I was just like, this is perfect. I've been really wanting to do something for women and this is the perfect thing to start with. And we didn't really know that we were going to end up being business partners. I worked with a lot of different people that came to my venue, but it was just such a natural fit. And um, I had so much experience doing cannabis events already. And Lisa had so much experience doing feminist events that together it was a really beautiful marriage of our skill sets. And we, we, we quickly realized that we were in this for the long haul together. (laughs) We're like, okay, this is awesome. We've both been working on our own for years, but like, it's way better when we're together. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's been such a journey these last couple of years. We, we hosted, um, like 34 events in 2016 or 2017. Wow. Last year. And now we're, um, we are so excited to announce that we're launching our first chapter on June 1st in Eugene. And it's the beginning of a bunch of other cities starting to host Tokativity events. That is so cool. Um, can you tell us where our listeners can find that link? And I'll, I'll note it in the show, in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, it's tokativity.com slash Eugene. Cool. I will put that in the show notes guys. Um, I want to talk about, And we'll go into kind of your individual stories of, you know, how you, what your first initial experience with cannabis was. Did you smoke it with your friends and things like that? But I really want to touch on the relationship you two have in your business and how you you had mentioned the community of team building. And I think that's so important for businesses, cannabis businesses, all businesses. And it's so interesting to me because I've been a part of so many different types of business communities and cultures and, you know, 80%, I can say probably weren't that great. And, you know, 20% have been wonderful. Um, Of course, for me, there's nothing better than working for yourself because you have the control of creating that culture, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, what is your process and and how you two work together in terms of creating that, um, that team of your dream team, A, and then B, keeping the culture going even when you're not there? Hmm. I think, um, I think one way that Lisa, Lisa and I keep our culture alive together is, um, you know, first of all, just working together. That was, that was actually a big step for us when we were to the point that we could actually start blocking off big chunks of time that we work together with, whether it's on a video call or in person, but we started getting together very regularly, which as you know, as an entrepreneur, it's, it's not easy when you start We're we're, we've both been working other jobs this entire time. So, um, we're starting to be able to move away from that, which is really exciting. But, um, 
you know, celebrating the celebrating the little things, I think, is something that we really do a lot that helps us um, stay inspired and have that like energy that that ends up trickling into our team. Um, we've just started hiring a couple women to help us in a few different spaces. And, you know, we we take this work so seriously but at the same time this is such an exciting time to be alive like I always felt like I was born in the wrong era and then I'm like and then Trump became president and I'm like oh shit like game on I (laughs) don't think that you're the only one that feels that way I know like a lot of us do yeah and just with cannabis legalization and kind of this like this great rise of feminism going on like this female plant is something that has been held from our people from a long time for a long time and and people need it our bodies are literally literally craving it i mean we're craving the cannabinoids that this plant provides and the connection that it brings to us and you know i think as far as a company goes it's just it's really cool to be working in cannabis because there's there's a lot of fun and joy that comes with it and i think that sets us apart from other industries you know team building in other industries is you know, you're maybe going to a bar, you know, kind of doing, doing different things where you're hanging out with your employees and, and doing different stuff there. But with cannabis, we have this opportunity to really kind of take it a step further. And um, cannabis helps us connect with other people and, and, you know, our events and gatherings with our, with our team are always really meaningful and just really fun. I don't know. We like to just keep a a fun energy for, Mm -hmm. for what we're doing. I want to um, say that I think that, you know, I think that Samantha and I, as community builders, like we see um, a lot of potential in like, and growth opportunities for other women around us and any opportunity that we have to connect other women with, um, I don't know, opportunities that, that or give them a chance to like discover things inside themselves, like lifting other women up energetically always lifts you up. And I think that a lot of women feel really scared of and intimidated by other powerful women because they, you know, their focus is on that other woman instead of on themselves. So they're like, you know, they're not even thinking about their own path or thinking about other people. And that's where like jealousy comes from and like all this stuff. So it's like, you have to release the outcome of some of the things that you're, you know, doing and just focus on like, what are you doing? And like lifting other women up. And that's been one of the most amazing things about like, I feel like our internal cultures, like we lift each other up, we lift other women up, they lift us up. And it's just this, like, there's this animated GIF. It's probably one of the first ones on our Instagram, if you scroll all the way down. And it's like this woman lifting a woman up from the ground and then she gets pulled up by another woman above her and it's like we have to be in that mentality if we're going to you know use this time wisely we are in like a very you know open opportunity for women in the cannabis space specifically to be you know joining forces and joining arms and we can't let the patriarchy's like you know values of you know, limited resources and stuff get in the way of this time period. Like, yeah, we have like the to killer be killer be killed yeah. type mentality. You know, it's not, yeah, that it doesn't fight have or flight. to be like that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's interesting, and that that's so powerful and resonates with me in so many ways. And you know, I haven't announced this on our podcast either, but you know, 
I am a gay female and, you know, I've been out since I was 17 years old and I have, I, I have struggled so much in just working with other women because not only am I a gay female and I have my own business and I'm in the industry, but you know, I'm also a feminine gay female. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, you know, that is, I've always struggled with that in business. And, you know, I think when you say like lifting other women up and and how powerful that is for me, I feel like I've always supported other women and I've just had the worst experiences with other women working with them um, and not getting that support. And I think that's what drives me. It's what drives Mm -hmm. my business. And it is truly what i stand for believe in and that's really why I started this podcast because I just want other women in the industry to know that they're not alone and that you know it's okay like there is room for all of us and you know the more that we like you said lock arms and you know get together and stand forces the more that we're a united front the more power we can bring the more things that we can bring to the community as women and just the more creativity that happens when you collaborate with other women as opposed to you know, competing with them. Mm-hmm. I love the saying that a rising tide lifts all boats. And I think oh, that's I that. very true in cannabis right now that like we have an opportunity to just do things differently in our world, like from a sustainability perspective, from an HR and like personal relationships, from a, a, an equality basis, from actually taking it for actually taking a stance to pledge to be, you know, diverse and, and welcoming businesses to people of all types all that kinds of stuff. I think we have a real opportunity here. I completely agree. Um, And now we're shifting gears a little bit, but I want to really talk about um, maybe some of the struggles in your business and it can be anything, you know, maybe with hiring and it could be, you know, anything that's happened since you started just so that our listeners who are starting their own business or who are in their own business or who are struggling, like I know myself, I, I have struggles every day, but um, I, I want to just talk about maybe some of those things that have um, maybe made you more resilient, um, maybe things you didn't know that you wish you did, um, and just talk about how you go keep going and, mm. and the solutions behind that. Um. I think the first thing that pops in my mind is like creating sustainable income, Um, like creating a business that can repeat like things that work and something that you can tweak and make it better. Um, It's sort of, um, it's, it's, it's tough to like figure out the recipe, but, and figure it out quickly. But once you do, like, you can expand upon it. So, like, making things that are expandable. Um, You know, I think that um, it's been interesting to, like, have to work, um, you know, my web design work and Sam's work that she does, um, graphic design and doing other events and stuff like that. Um, You know, trying to figure out, like, which balls do I have in the air? (laughs) And... (laughs) which ones am I focusing on and which ones need my attention? And it's tough, like, you know, to have your foot in both places. And when you really truly want to give your business everything, you still have to create sustainable income, like wherever you are. So um, I think that that's been like an interesting and, you know, challenge about making this a sustainable thing. Like once we figured out the recipe for the events, now we can repeat them in other places, you know? So we're excited to like expand upon that. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's so exciting. 
how does your family play a role in your business now? And how do you manage that time with your family? I know that a lot of our listeners, just like myself, brand new, working full-time, business full-time, how do you stay level with your partners, with your family? And what does that look like? Um, So... I love talking about this because <laughs> I'm a mother. Um, I'm a mother and I'm on the board of two nonprofits and own two companies. And I think, you know, how do you do all the things? And, and for me, I do all the things by, first of all, really compartmentalizing um, and just making blocks of time for certain types of work and just working, um, working on, I'm always working on my efficiency. That's like really important to me. Like if, if a process is taking up too much time or too much space, then something needs to change with it. Um, and self-care, you know, just like making so much time for my self-care so that I can show up to all of the things. What's one thing that you do that's self-care that's, that's like the most important thing that you put above all else, um, that you do in your daily routine? Um, I would say exercise. And this is for both of you. (laughs) Yeah, I would say for me, like my daily thing that is really important is just some kind of exercise. I like to run and I like to do Pilates. Um, So that's really important to me. But I make time once a week to lay in bed as long as I want to. And I'll typically get like real stoned. And maybe I'll turn on the TV, which I don't I don't ever watch TV, but I kind of like force myself to do it because it shuts my brain off about all the other things I'm working on (laughs) and just allows me to actually just kind of lay there and do deep breathing and just relax. Um, If it's not, you know, television, it's like reading or just doing meditation and just kind of processing everything that's going on. Um, So yeah, that's for me, Lisa. Um, I let myself take naps like whenever I want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I use them wisely. I don't just like nap all the time, but like, I just, <laughs> you know, I'm tired and sometimes you get kind of overwhelmed with all of the information, all the things you have to do. And I think like, you know, you don't have to get into like a deep sleep and it doesn't have to be long, like 15, 20 minutes of just closing your eyes and letting yourself like not think about anything other than, ju- and like, it allows your brain to relax. It learns, allows your nervous system to relax. And I think that, you know, i and I'm still learning this. I have a long way to go too, but like, you know, take doing things that allow your nervous system to relax is probably like the smartest thing you can do if you're doing a lot of things. I was going to piggyback on that and say that that is, it it takes practice. Like for any of the listeners that are like, okay, I want to start taking a break, you know, to, to give myself recharge. Like it takes practice, but once you get the hang of it, you're able to just kind of like, really force yourself to stop thinking about work. You know, you, you have to be, that's a compartmentalizing. You have to, you have to be able to put it aside because if you can't, you end up, first of all, it's like being in a hamster ball, you know, like you, you end up, I feel like not being able to see things clearly because you're in it. And if you don't allow yourself to put it over there and, and take a break from it and then come back and look at it, Um, you're doing yourself a big disservice. You're not, you know, I think it just helps process what you're doing and, and um, you know, why, Mm -hmm. why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The why behind what you're doing. Yeah. I think that's really important for our listeners to 
to know and, and to re- let that resonate with them. And I think, and I'm sure I, I would love your input, both of you. But I think for me, like being a creative, like my mind is constantly running at 90 miles per hour, because if I'm not thinking about one thing, I'm thinking about the next thing for my business and this idea for it and this graphic I can create and just it just doesn't stop. And I also have a creative job that I work at 40 hours a week. So there's that creative space in my head I have to make room for as well. Um, What's in terms of creativity and the mind racing? I don't do, do you girls experience that at all? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's, I, I feel like that totally perfectly describes both of us. Um, you know, but like I said, for me, my, my kind of like workout and meditation practice, I just force myself to shut it off and it, it recharges my, my creative bone. You know, if, if I can step away from it and do something totally not creative. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like mental housekeeping. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It helps clear out the cobwebs. <laughs> I love that. Um, I now I want to switch gears again just a little bit and kind of uh, take us back to your individual stories with cannabis and how you um, what your first experiences were. I, I think the audience would really love to hear that. And so would I <laughs> selfishly. <laughs> um, uh, so I was 14 and I was hanging out with two dudes that were like, very 90s like had the long hair and the flannel shirts and um they one of them actually smoked with their mom like which I thought was so weird and I back in the day yeah for sure that was weird yeah like I was like is that okay like that just seemed a little too much for me like they were 14 years old smoking pot with their mom and uh yeah I know it's like that seems like not I don't know anyway so I was in the woods (laughs) with them behind one of their houses and I can't remember what we were smoking out of but I swear it was like a homemade thing it's fine. My first experience was with like literally a Coors Light can. <laughs> Sounds familiar. I definitely yeah. smoked out of a, like a Coke can once. So was, you know, <laughs> under a bush somewhere. Yep. Um, but I don't remember, like I, re- I remember like I didn't feel stoned. Like I didn't know what stoned meant or what it felt like, but I didn't feel different. So I like may not have inhaled correctly or like maybe the weed wasn't really very good. Like I don't know what it was, but I definitely did not um, get stoned. But after that, I sought it out. I found a, like this chick in school, um, which, by the way, I am like fem-identified queer woman, and I can talk to you a lot about that. Um, I'd love I to talk to this... you about that offline, for sure. <laughs> I'm being selfish, just... you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. You're good. Um, but uh, I got weed from this girl. I look back, and I'm like, I totally had a crush on her, but like, Back then, I was just like, "She's so cool." Um, I had so many of those. She, I had so she many knew where of those. To get it. Yeah, and then um, I like found a soda bottle, and I like went outside and like poked holes in it, and like I got like I feel like that's really the first time I got stoned was like I just went out in the woods and used a soda bottle, and then I came back and I was talking to some guy that really liked me, and I for no reason, quote unquote, I like took off all my clothes and threw them in the dryer. Like that's what you do when you're stoned. It was just like ridiculous. Just, like, <laughs> I don't know. It was very silly, and I, just, I, I, I did feel different. And um, so I kind of equate those two stories, even though they're like far apart. I want to say a year apart. You know, as the first times I smoked. I love it. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a pretty good first time story. So, um, 
<laughs> the extreme social Sam who has always been that way. <laughs> I've always just been extremely social. My parents went out to dinner and they were, we lived out in the country in Wisconsin and they were going out to dinner at this place that I knew was like a little bit of a drive. It was like a 45 minute drive. And uh, so I called up my friends. I was like, Hey, come on over. And like, um, you know, one thing led to another and there was like a good, like 20, 25 people that came over and I was, I was 15 uh, freshman in high school. And, um, they, we had a big trampoline and everybody was hanging out on the big trampoline and stuff. And I was just with a, a mixed group of people and they passed around a pipe and I smoked that. And then they made a gravity bong out of a five gallon bucket and a two liter bottle. <laughs> and I smoked a gravity bong like the first night that I ever smoked weed <laughs> And definitely got stoned. I have some very funny, um, you know, kind of inside jokes now, just little phrase, stupid, they're very stupid, but just, you know, little phrases that were kind of said and, and just, we were laughing so hard, you know, just laughing our faces off. And um, we had so much fun. And I was like, I understand why people love cannabis. And then we were like laying in my parents' bed, like laughing really hard, me and my girlfriend. And my parents came home <laughs> and someone had left a pipe in the barn and my dad confiscated a pipe. And um, that pipe is still in existence in my family. Oh my God. <laughs> I need to see. It's like it ended up being passed around. I think my brother might have it or something. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. Oh my God. Um, I, what is your strain, both of you? Well, I saw that you were thinking about asking us a question, and I was like, you know what? i got to be honest with you. I don't have a favorite, and here's why. Um, there's a lot of work to be done in the whole um, terpene profiles. Mm -hmm. Like The reality is that the sativa indica um, labels is a total myth that everyone is continuing to um, uh, associate with and the whole industry like labels things into sativa, but it's only indicative of the way the plant grew. It has nothing to do with what's inside of the cannabis. So, you know, um, unless you're getting your cannabis from a place that tests for terpenes or has those lab results or whatever, and you know, to even ask for those and you know, your body well enough to know what like terpenes do mm -hmm. what and we're at the very tip of the iceberg of even understanding or learning mm -hmm. that I for me personally like there's no strain quote unquote that I can feel like I can fully rely on I will tell you that I was a cultivation classic judge this year here in Oregon and um apparently I had a favorite strain um it was um by heroes of the farm and it was gorilla snacks that is the most um, interesting name <laughs> <laughs> yeah like but I didn't like seek that out I mean I found out what strain it was later but um but I I right now I'm eating a lot of wild one-to-one -one gummies and that is like for me like the consistency and the vibe that I'm looking for I can get from that particular product but I don't have a favorite strain. and is it is mm -hmm. it recreational for you or is it medicinal um, like, I feel like a nighttime is more like recreational. And if I'm doing any daytime, which is very rare, um, I'm using it like medicinally, like for, I think the one-to-one -one ratios for me 
they like make me feel like I can feel my body like balancing itself out is one of the coolest experiences I think of the whole cannabis you know THC CBD combo Mm -hmm. is for me and my body it like I feel like everything's starting to align inside and I just feel really good and very you know fully functional and able to do everything I want to do but I feel like kind of hmm, and heightened, you know, mm-hmm. and balancing out it feels just so good in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, my favorite strain changes on what's going on in my life. Um, Cinex was my favorite strain for a long time. And now if I have work going on or if I have just a lot, a lot going on, it gives me anxiety. Um, I think I just have more on my plate. Uh, when I really discovered Cinex as my favorite strain, I was focusing on my art and just looking for creativity and inspiration. And that strain does wonders for that. Um, but now I'm not looking for creativity. I'm looking for, you know, <laughs> efficiency and organization and kind of those things. And that doesn't, that doesn't come so well. With <laughs> um I love most strains of cannabis and I consume a lot. I have a, I definitely have a body that needs a lot and I love all the things. I love edibles, tinctures, um, dabs, concentrates. Um, I'm not a big vape smoker, but um, I think these days, yeah, like a really balanced, a really balanced strain that has, you know, I find like 12 to 14% THC. I really enjoy those strains and uh, just that are just more in the mid range of THC and um, hopefully some CBD. Those make me feel really, really good. Like there's a lot of strains that have those ratios. Is it medicinal for you or recreational mostly? And if it is medicinal, do you mind sharing with the audience maybe what, what it helps you with? Mm-hmm. So um, I have my OMMP card. I am a patient. I do personally believe that all cannabis use is medicinal or I like to say therapeutic mm-hmm. um, because I think for some reason we've decided that recreation is something that is like, you know, a reward for, I don't know, doing what, like, <laughs> I, I hate how our culture doesn't just embrace recreation and that that's actually a medicinal piece. It's for so us. like being happy <laughs> is the best medicine. I agree. It's so interesting that you mentioned <laughs> that because that is something that I struggle with when I talk to a lot of people and women in the industries. And I get that question so much, like just my story with cannabis and what it, is it medicinal for you? Is it recreational? And mm-hmm. I have such a hard time answering it myself. So it feels weird when I ask other people, even in interviews, but I, I have to ask because I, I, I want to understand the community yeah. and, and know, and I appreciate that you brought that up because it's definitely something that I, I think about all the time because I, I, it's like, okay, recreational or medicinal, but I'm really, really happy when I don't feel that I quote unquote need to smoke it to feel okay. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think that that's like, that's so important for, and I go ahead. Yeah. I think like we all need things to help us every day. We need tools. And like, for me, um, I have scoliosis and osteoarthritis I was diagnosed with arthritis in my neck in my early 20s and you know just having having chronic pain and inflammation is just a thing my neck is it is like absolutely you know at certain times in my life made me very disabled um when I had a small child having a baby and then 
carrying all of the shit that comes with a baby. Oh my God. No one told me about this. (laughs) Like you have a kid and then all of a sudden you're carrying all of this shit all the time and like carrying the baby and carrying the car seat and all of the things. And I had such a tough time with that with my neck. Um, and with school and- too, that just carrying must have been super hard on you as well. I'm, I'm really petite and I, I also suffer with scoliosis. So I, I can only imagine just being pregnant and putting that weight on your, you know, yeah. all that weight is, is, is must be yeah, so painful. You're, just, you're not balanced. Yeah. You know, it's not balanced. It's disproportionate. So it like you overcompensate in certain areas and you just end up with those pain points. Um, but you know, I, I love my, my medical cannabis story because I used cannabis recreationally for a really long ass time. And then four years ago when I moved to Oregon and had the option of getting my medical card, it was really easy because I had decades of, um, doctors, you know, recommendations for opioids and benzos and all that kind of stuff. And I got my card and had access to topicals. And my pain got down to a level that I started working out. That's when I started running. And I just think that's such a powerful story because I am, I am not a petite woman. I have big breasts and scoliosis and never in a million years was like, yeah, let's go running. (laughs) Like I was, it was like, dude, no, that is like the last thing I want to do all the time. (laughs) And you know, to like, to get to the point where my pain was manageable enough where I was like, okay, I want to feel better. And I think my body will feel better if I'm able to be more mobile. And it just started this huge transformation for me with like, you know, just being more active and the more active I am, the more I feel better. Um, The more active I am, the less I tend to use cannabis. And I think that it's just been really interesting. Um, It's opened up a whole new lifestyle for me just with, food and working out and, and just being mindful about how I feel. And, you know, I know, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to run. Um, you know, I think cannabis is just a really, it's a really important part of my daily self care regimen. And I think I want to end by just saying with that, um, you know, again, like for some reason, our society shames us for needing anything at all. And I think the truth is, is that we don't have everything. We have bodies that connect with plants for our food and for our hormones and for our emotions and how we feel. And I think plants um, are just, you know, really, they're like undervalued. And I think it has a lot to do with why we're so imbalanced at this point. I agree with that. Yeah, I think, you know, it's really interesting hearing both of your stories and I want to, I wonder, and I'm sure it is, but is it an inspiration for why you started together and what you're building off of and what you continue to build now in your business and personally? Yeah. I think I missed an important puzzle piece for me, which is actually both my parents died of cancer um, when I was in my twenties and, um, it has, with this transition of legalization, it has um, opened up a doorway for me to be a cannabis advocate so that other people can get access to medicine and the work that we do with normalization, having events, you know, being cannabis consumers together instead of like being alone in a corner smoking a bowl and pretending we're not, um, you know, is, is a part of the normalization movement, which ultimately 
changes minds and those changed minds um, change other people's minds. And the minds we need to change are the like people who are like, what, what about the children? There are so many Canada mamas out there so that many. are like, yeah, like, you know, responsible, amazing mothers just live in their lives. You know, cannabis has been used for centuries, um, you know, women. And, and then, you know, I don't have to go on and on about the history of it, but, you know, <clears throat> that all of this, um, all of the background, all of the work that we've done, plus like our own interpersonal stories, like Sam's, you know, being a patient and like pain management and like using it medicinally and having that direct experience and like need. And then like my intention with, um, you know, empowering women like always and uh in my everyday life and then with my parents dying like I tried to get my mom access to cannabis at the end of her life um and it was really difficult and I never got the opportunity to do that and when my dad was dying like um I was a little younger and I just had no idea that that was even maybe even an option Uh, probably wasn't even an option back in New Jersey but um but now it is an option for people and I believe that this is going to heal cancer. I mean, people are doing studies in places like Israel where they, they literally THC is, is killing cancer cells. And like, wouldn't it be amazing if, if we got to the place in our lifetime where we were healing cancer? Oh my God. And yeah, I, you know, it's like the work that we're doing right now, I feel like is in hopefully going to heal cancer, but in the- taking one day at a time. Yeah, I think that's great. I think, you know, it's I, I my birth dad died of colon cancer when I was 16. And, you know, I think, you know, all those these things, you know, that really that have resonated with me and my story and just hearing your stories. It's like, you know, I I feel the same way. And I think like if we can just like we've talked about in this interview, which is to, you know, stand together and like really come and let this all happen and and the more of us that stand together and the more of us that you know connect and create this community can make it happen and I think that there is you know validity in that Mm -hmm. but I want to I want to ask both of you I know that um we have talked a lot about business and you know the the relationships and things like that I I want to ask you both what does success mean to you just personally in this industry and just in general? Um, Success to me means changing people's lives. And uh, while I'm living my like best and happiest life, um, I just, I've always, just my personality from day one, I just um, always wanted to help people in just every way that I can. Um, I'm definitely an empath and, um, you know, success to me is, is just changing somebody else's life. Planting a seed that of, of something that maybe like, like they wouldn't have discovered on their own. You know, I mean, I've had people bring that to my life where they planted a seed and I took it and ran with it and it completely changed the direction of my life. I think if with the work that I'm doing, if I can save one person's life or, you know, make somebody happy or have something click for somebody or whatever. And, and this stuff truly does happen like on a very regular basis now. So (laughs) I, I feel very, very successful. Um, and, 
and especially like just maintaining a happy a happy demeanor um just just being happy in my daily life i i think that that's the only thing that anybody could even ever ask for these days uh life is just so overwhelming and stressful and I didn't even really know what the word anxiety meant until like the last few years. And, um, you know, things are, people are dealing with a lot of stuff and, um, the world is just in a really hurting place. So I think the more positive I can be to spread that energy around the world that that feels like success for me. Mm-hmm. I love that. I would say a lot of the same things. I, when I see, when a woman tells me that she has a vision for something, and then the next time I see her, like she's achieved that vision or gotten one step closer. And that because like we provided a space for her to meet that person or for her to discover that inside of herself or whatever, inspired it, whatever, I feel like that is a total success. Like every little puzzle piece that arrives, every woman who's ever, you know, doing amazing things out there, I like to... um you know, I have to celebrate them and see that as like our, our success is others, other women's success and the community that we've built and continue to build. Um, we see so many women building other things because they finally realize that, um, they can, they can do it, you know, just, so the women only events allows them to see how powerful they are and they're not like stressed out about like some dude like checking out their ass or like whatever they don't have to think about that they just have to just be you know and um and how powerful that is so it's watching women succeed and knowing that it's because you know they found something inside themselves and that we were a part of that journey for them and that they remember that. Wow. That is beautiful. And you both are just wonderful. And I, this has just resonated with me entirely. And I I am so thankful that you guys were here with me tonight. Um, And I think that our audience will really feel the same. Um, The one last question I want to ask you before we, um, before we end is, what is some advice that you can give to women that are thinking about being in the industry that really want to connect with other women um, in the industry and learn more about this space? What is some advice you can give them or just one resource um, that you can give them that might help them in their journey and starting their vision? You have to get on Tokativity Connect. (laughs) Obviously. Yes. Um, if you and go to an event, uh, if there's one near you, a Tokativity event, um, and just be out there, like show up, be yourself. Um, even if you're not sure what it is you want to do, you will discover it when you meet those people being really open, um, to like possibility and, you know, carry some, a business card with you, even if you don't have a business yet, like just get in contact. We've seen that you know, women come to Tokativity. Some of them are business owners. Some are just cannabis consumers. And even if they don't have a business, it's just like, here's how to get in touch with me, you know? So um, that is what I'd like to say about that. Yeah. I think my number one piece of advice for anybody that wants to get into the industry and be successful is get educated about the science of cannabis um, and the history of the drug war. If you come in, like the reason we're all here is because of generations of activists 
people have lost their lives. So many minorities, black and brown people have been targeted. They've lost their lives. They've sat in jail. Um, you know, a lot of people have paid dues for us to be able to even think about like, oh, well, maybe I want to start a cannabis business. And um, I think just, you know, if you want to be successful in cannabis, you need to understand and, and, and truly hold, you know, uh, hold those people's experiences like very dear. And like, I don't know, I, I, I think when I started to get it involved in the industry and then and I started to awaken to the his to the to the real history of cannabis, not what I was told, right? <laughs> not what I was told in school or whatever else. Um, and when I got to actually meet activists who help change laws, um, you feel pretty humble and you feel like, whoa, okay, what am I doing? And then you realize, hey, there's so much room for me to be an activist too. And you can be an activist by just being educated about cannabis and then speaking up for it. It's really easy to be an activist every single day in the grocery store, you know, just by even wearing a cannabis t-shirt or a hat or something and wearing it proud and like kicking ass in your day. Um, that is planting seeds in people's minds that maybe you don't look like the classic stoner that they think you are or that they think people are, you know, whatever else. Um, but I think education is key. I, I get, pretty like off put by the number of people that are excited to get into the industry, but they're just so uneducated about, you know, the truth. And it's hard for, it's hard for me to take them seriously if they're not educated. So I think that's the best thing you can do to be taken seriously in the industry and to really get somewhere fast. Wow. That's really great advice from both of you. Um, thank you again for coming onto my podcast. I'm so grateful for that. Um, where can everybody find you? Pim yourself out. We're on everything. Um, (laughs) we're, you know, come find us. Toga TV connect. Sam and I are very active on there. It's a combination of like Facebook, Reddit, MySpace days, meetup. Um, we're on Instagram and, you know, you can follow us at Togativity. Um, Twitter, Facebook, all the things, but you'll find us more on Instagram and Tokativity Connect. Awesome. Thank you ladies so much for having us, for being here with me and having such open hearts and just really being an inspiration to, I'm sure, every single woman and man listening tonight. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Okay, guys, how incredible was Lisa and Samantha? They're true businesswomen, and I am honored that I got the opportunity to sit and chat with them about their story. And I'm even more excited that they are going to be offering all Oxenplow listeners 25% off their first purchase using promo code OXANDPLOW25 at checkout. So if you're looking to take advantage of one of their incredible memberships or online classes, this is perfect for you. Again, that's using promo code OXANDPLOW25 at checkout. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you love our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. See you next time.